this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back with another episode, our last of 2019, thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode, which will happen in 2020, happen by joining us at Dig Me Out Union or DMOUnion.com. Jay, it's time to wrap it up for the year. Right. Not for ever just no, this year just season nine jay we're gonna we're heading into 2020 to kick off season 10 10 years i was scared for a second there i thought you were firing me yes so <laughs> you you're gonna get your severance and your uh your your oh severance wow yeah gonna need you to return all your um <laughs> it's like the 80s materials. up in here yeah exactly nobody gets a severance <laughs> you're a contractor, so we just we right. don't can, can, we're not continuing with your contract. Gotcha. We'll no longer be in need of your services, Jay. But so thank you for. Mm. Is that what they say? Yes. Very personal. We've had a very productive relationship. However, at this point, we're ready to continue on with uh, someone else. <laughs> That's not you. <laughs> so as is tradition, Jay, with our. Last episode of every year, we like to look back and forward. We like to look back at what we did, what we, who we talked to, what we talked about, our favorite episodes, our favorite roundtables, albums that we discovered that we had never heard before. This year, we're going to talk about our 80s episodes, and we'll be talking about some stuff that's going to be going on in uh, 2020. Which, I you know, talk about amazing. 2020, Jay. I thought we'd have rocket cars to the moon. I thought we'd be taking leisurely vacations to the to the rings of Saturn at this point. And none of that's the, happened. The best thing about it will be that we can stop saying 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000. We'll finally just be able to say 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, just think about the amount of time as humans will save. <laughs> That's like an extra syllable, isn't it? Well, we don't have to call it the aughts either. Right, which is That awkward. was the, one of the worst yes. decade descriptions of all time. Ugh. And we're con- I mean, and that's like half of what we do is refer to decades. And we had a whole decade that we just struggled to describe. Now, the terrifying part of this is that when we open up our roundtables for 2020 we usually go back and revisit a year from the 90s since we've been doing you know in in 98 or in 2018 we did 98 in 2017 we did 97 we can't do we can't go forward so we have to go back to 1990 which is 30 years in the past now jay i was only two years old in um, 1990 so can you fill me in on i'll tell you all about it yeah all about it (laughs) well the good thing is is that uh so i went back and pulled all of our episode data 
Yes. And guess what year we have the least episodes on? Uh, I'm going to say 1990. 1990, by a lot. We've only done 10 albums from 1990. Oh, my goodness. We've done 50 from 1996 alone. We've done 50 from 1997. So well, we need to encourage we, all of our patrons and all of our suggestors of albums that go into our polls, please... Let's focus on 1990 this year so that we can build up those numbers because that is a horribly underrepresented and arguably possibly one of the most important years of the entire decade in terms of defining what would happen going forward. It was yep. right, at the, right at the crossroads. Yeah, I think uh, all the albums we've done from that are, have been interesting and even 91, 92 were, are the second lowest, second, third lowest, so... It'll be a good couple of years coming up. Yeah. I can't wait to do the uh, albums of those years, and um, we'll dig into some stuff that we probably have not uh, talked at all about, particularly for 90. I bet there's like some some pretty big records that are going to come up in the course of the, the year that we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. So I mentioned we're going to do a roundtable, uh, which we traditionally do in, in the first month of every year, looking back at a particular year in the 90s. This year, we had a number of roundtables, all of which, for the most part, were selected by our patrons. I think the first one, which is Albums of 99, that was not selected. And then our last one was a roundtable for new albums from 90s relevant bands that we did. But the 10 in between were all selected by our patrons. And I got to say... There were a couple there that we didn't even give them options. They just gave us the idea, and they came up with some good ideas. Those were the um, festivals of the 90s roundtable, which was a lot of fun. We did the Warped Tour, and then we also did Producers of the 1990s. Those were the two that were picked by our crew of patrons. So along with those, Jay... If you were picking a couple of your favorites, what were what were your favorite roundtables from this year? Well, Warp Tour, and I think was top of my list because we, I, we just had such great guests. I mean, I don't know that we've had an opportunity to have so much knowledge from different perspectives. So we had three, um, three people on: Eric Grubbs, Chris Martz, and um, Jeff Takis that have been to Warp Tour uh, several times. Um, and also, you know, podcasters, writers, but had a very, you know, fan oriented perspective. But then we had the drummer from Less Than Jake on, Vinny Ferrello, yep. uh, and he's got a completely different side of the, you know, um, of the story. So I think having, having those guys on and digging into it, I learned a lot. I think I had a lot of stereotypes around the tour that, you know, as you get more distance, you know, only become more you know solid in your mind i guess and harder to move so it was good to you know talk to people who's who saw it from all different angles and then be able to really get to the net of like what was it about what did it stand for why did it last so long um so i I had a lot of fun i thought we learned a ton on that one too and got some pretty cool perspectives on it um i think the one that we just did the new albums new album reviews was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um was blown away by um just how good the reviews are from the patrons that joined us. Um, 
and it was just a lot of fun. You never know when you you sort of open it up and like, okay, well, let's bring some folks on and talk about some stuff. You never know how it's going to go, but um, had some really good uh, comments and observations on on different releases from the year and some just really good like conversation around it. So um, that, that's another one that pops out to me. Great choices. I also want to mention uh, two of my favorites were the San Diego Roundtable, yep. which we just had an awesome guest list for that. Mitch Wilson from No Knife, uh, Araby Harrison from Jay June, and John Lee from A Miniature. Just so much knowledge. We learned so much about the San Diego scene that really, I mean, I knew maybe three bands their three bands and then or or I'm sorry I would add Rocket from the Crypt and and that would be about it. I mean I did not know a lot about that scene and they really gave us a great perspective not only of of the bands and all the different aspects with regards to venues and record stores but also put in perspective the geography of where San Diego is and how isolated it is compared to the rest of the state and how it really developed its own scene because of that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I also really enjoyed our our new order in the '90s roundtable with Matt Shivedecker and Annie Zaleski, because um, that's a band that I really enjoy, and they were so splintered in the '90s. You know, you had Peter Hook going off and doing two different bands. You had Bernard Sumner doing elect- electronic. Yep. With Johnny Marr. You had the other members doing stuff, but then they reconvened for some records and some greatest hits, and it was just, it was a weird year. I don't think we've ever had a, a In the 90s episode where the main band did so little, but they were still so active, and that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and that was <laughs> that was a challenge to prepare for, too, because there was so much material to go through that wasn't from the band. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I think, just a unique story, too, to be able to tell. Because I think a lot of the in the 90s end up being the, like, either reforming or um, remaking yourself, reinventing yourself as a band. And kind of the breakup story is common, too, where this was more, it was different. It was, like, fractured and things come back together in different ways. And some of the solo material is its own story on itself. So, yeah, I'm with you. I do want to mention the producers' roundtable, too, just because it was so educational yeah to have neil schmidt our old friend on and then also johnny hooper uh who joined us for a number of episodes this year uh just to get a talk through the logistics of production the what the realities are in terms of how involved people are or how not involved certain people are and the difference between producers and engineers and what the sort of differences between a guy like you know, what Nigel Godrich or Steve Albini does versus, you know, a Ken Andrews or David Fridman, that kind of stuff. Just talking about all those different aspects and traits. It was actually really fun because around that time, Ken Andrews launched his video podcast where he actually goes in each episode and explains a different aspect of his production and mixing and engineering uh, career. And we'll, it's they're very short, but they give you, you know, very specific. Like, here's how I mix guitars, and this is one approach that I take. And he showed, like, on a new Jimmy Eat World song that he mixed, how he did it. So it was really cool to see 
that happened right around the time when we were doing that episode. The, uh, the And the producer's roundtable, to me, f- we could probably do five of those easy. Um, oh, yeah. We, we ran into the same thing, I think, when we did drummers and guitar players. And there's just so much to talk about. Um, they're fun, but I also feel like at the end, we're just scratching the surface. And those topics warrant um, chapters two and three and four, potentially. Yep. So, in addition, of course, to our, our roundtables, which will next year, like this year, will be chosen by our patrons, um, we'll throw out different topic ideas, like we do with In the 90s, or Sophomore Slumps Revisited, or Dig In Your Scene, but we'll also throw out, you know, wow cards, what do you, what are, what's a roundtable we haven't done yet? I think we're going to add the festivals to our uh, list of topics that we'll revisit we also did, um, of course, a whole bunch of album reviews, and uh, some of those came from polls. People can go to our website, digmeuppodcast.com. They can find the uh, submit an album suggestion. You can drop us a little note in there why you're suggesting the record, and we'll throw it in a poll. We had those, which were always entertaining, both in terms of the poll results and the comments, and occasionally a runoff. And then um, we also had the polls, or we also had the review episodes where uh, our patrons picked them. And we're always pleasantly surprised at some of the logic behind the selections. Uh, you know, people, people bring us records that maybe they don't love and they're trying to figure out why they don't love them. Or they haven't revisited them in a while and they're not sure it stands up, but... Or some of them are just really obscure. So what are a couple of records that stood out for you, Jay, that you had no idea going in what to expect? And you came out thinking, wow, this is a really interesting record. You'd have to love it. But you're like, this is a really cool record that I did not know existed before. I think top of my list would be Concrete Blonde. Um, Knew the single. Kind of... Thought I understood what the band was about, but really hadn't re- hadn't listened to the record and hadn't heard much beyond that that single, maybe one other single, um, and really found myself uh, enjoying the record a, a ton and I think identifying it with maybe more so now than I ever would have at the time. Um, heard a lot of other bands that I like that I don't know that I would have heard comparisons to at the time. Just my taste and ear has, has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also one of those, anytime you go into a, you know, a band that had a big hit, there's always a part of you that's wondering like, oh boy, there's there a reason for that? <laughs> you know, like, right. is the rest of the record going to be awful? Um, so really, really enjoyed it. Um, that's one I, I go back to and, um, it's definitely added to my collection. Another one would be the figs. Um, had yeah. never heard the band, but I heard of the band. So it was just great. Anytime we have the chance to, you know, finally, you know, be able to set aside some time and go listen to some of these bands that, um, you know, we've heard so much about, um, and really like that. I thought, um, that episode was really good too, having the singer songwriter on, uh, from the band and getting that angle. The only, my only regret is just whenever we do an interview, uh, an album review, it's sometimes hard to like, you know, really spend time praising the record you just feel kind of weird right uh or or critiquing it in one way or the other so 
had it been a normal review, you know, I would have really uh, taken the time to go through like how much of that record is just uh, so creative and uh, I think classic sounding. Um, I like the production. The songs are great. The performances are great. You know, it sounds like a raw, energetic band. Um, it's got this really cool 80s, 70s and 80s influence all over it. Uh, thinking of like Joe Jackson, Elvis Costello, those kinds of bands, um, which is always fun to hear and, and a little bit refreshing, um, you know, um, based on what we typically listen to. So, yeah, was really pleasantly surprised with that one as well. So you? a couple, uh, they were, one was a shock at how much I came around to it based on how much I disliked the band based on their single. And I'm talking about the Verve Pipe villains and thinking that I, you know, I really disliked the freshman as a single, got way overplayed, got played to death. And I just never connected with that band. And then I'm not going to say I love the record, but I have a much greater respect for what that record is and what that band did with it. Um, that I was not expecting. That was a Dewey pick, Dewey Cole pick. Yep. And then another one, which was a total curveball, was Gavin Reed's pick of The Cruel Sea, The Honeymoon Is Over. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think we were just flabbergasted at how unex- unprepared we were for some Bayou Reggae. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yet somehow it works. Somehow that it it lands in ways that you are not expecting. Um, I also think, you know, I I had never listened to Sleep. Uh, that was our November poll winner. Um, they were a band I should have been listening to. I like all the bands that they're influenced or they have influenced and have cited them as an influence. And um, that's a really cool record. I'm glad we got to tackle that. Yep. And then um, Josh Ballard always brings us stuff that we have no knowledge of and he brought us Nightwish, Oceanborn mm. it works when it works it works really well again yeah. another record where I'm like I don't know if I love this whole record but man there is some crazy cool stuff on that record yeah. that I'm glad I discovered it because I, w- I don't know anything about that world of that symphonic metal European yep. stuff that goes on um, I also really liked the opportunity to sit, want, sit down with Chip Midnight and Chris Thorne and talk about Blind Melon Soup. Yeah. Because... That was, that was pretty special. That was awesome. It was a record that I liked in college, but I had not gone back to. And getting to hear it again and getting his perspective and getting the stories from that time really um, made it a, a truly special episode for us. Yeah, I think the part of that that makes it and it's worth going back and listening to if you have you haven't heard it yet is, you know, Chip has history with the band. So yep. not only is he a you know um, a longtime supporter of this podcast and been on a, as a guest many times, but you know he's able he knows Christopher he's he has a history with the band going back to the beginning. Uh, so he was able to kind of intertwine his relationship and the interviews he had done, the conversations he had had with them, and just. And their fan community and all that. So you got a really good, I think, full picture of yep. that time period. And then even even some interesting things about, you know, kind of the formation and early years of the band as well. 
Any others that you want to mention? I I have like one or two. Um. Yeah. I mean, I thought the the Greta record we did was uh, surprising. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I was familiar with the first one. I thought the second was much better, and uh, wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, saves the day. Uh, through being cool was a lot of fun. Um, to be able to kind of go through that record with um, is it Chris? Chris Conley, yeah. Um, obviously, super talented, smart guy. Um, I think Material Issue, another band that I'd always mm-hmm. you know wanted to spend more time with, and got a chance to do that. And I think that's a you know a really good, solid record, top to front, um, that I'll be revisiting um, going forward. Uh, and I'll, I'll I think the Lush record we did was was really good. Um, and I echo the sleep, um, review as well. Just, um, so the one, the music we, we, you know, you talked about, but even the story of the band is just so bizarre (laughs) (laughs) that it was kind of fun to go through that and, uh, talk a little bit about their career. Um, two that are on, I want to mention they're total opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, Crawford Blair's pick of old Mm. formula. Again, it's a very weird record. And if you're not in the mood for it, it, it will c- completely grate on you. But there are some really, really cool sounds and songs on that record. Doesn't work 100%, but it works a, well a lot of the time. And then um, also wanted to mention the American Music Club, that record. That yep. was a band that I knew the name. I know about Mark Eitzel. And I just never had sat down. I think I had listened to that record and not been in the mood for it. Uh, Peter Matheson suggested it at the album's Everclear. And getting to hear it now totally makes sense for me. But I totally, and I I think it said it during the review, like would not have picked that record up back when it came out. Yeah. Based on, based on what it sounds like now I get it. So that was a lot of fun to, to get to do that. I think there was like maybe one song that we all agreed did not belong on that record. And uh, otherwise, it was a really cool record. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I, I liked how we got to expand the palette this year. You know, with Chris Martz bringing in Cafe Tacuba, that was a really interesting record. This may have been our most challenging year. Like, just from a. I mean, we did some records that were uh oh, yeah. complex complex diverse the residents the residents old uh, i would say even slint even though it's well known it's still very challenging right um, the, the cruel sea record is strange cruel sea the, the thornetta davis album which is a, a really interesting combination of sort of like r&b soul and and rock it's a yeah. something that we had not really encountered before as far as a, a review and then um yeah i mean and then even ending up with like the animal bag record that was yep. such an interesting discussion because of where that band lands in the uh in the uh time frame of uh the 90s yeah so yeah lots of really cool and interesting records now we also did jay this year first time we did a full season, well, a half season, I guess, because it was six. But we're doing, every other month, 80s episodes. We, we kicked it off at the end of 2018 with The Vapor's Nuclear Days. And then this year, we did six episodes of 80s episodes, which were The Cars Panorama, 
Max Q self-titled, ACDC's Flick of the Switch, Neil Young's Freedom, The Birthday Party's Junkyard, and Faith No More's Introduce Yourself. That's a pretty, that's a wide range of 80s stuff. You got some well-known stuff with ACDC and Neil Young. Faith No More, yes, they would get more well-known after that record. The Birthday Party is probably best known because it's where Nick Cave started out. The Cars, that's the kind of the the ugly duckling of the Cars catalog, Yep. that record. And then Max Q being Michael Hutchinson's uh, side project from In Excess. So diverse group of records there. Definitely. Do you have a favorite among those that, you, that we did? Yeah. I think I would go back to that Vapors. Um, you can't. That's the year before. Oh, is it? Yeah. All right. Then that's I'm going to go. That ended 20, 2018. That was our test episode. Oh, okay. Uh, I will go, I guess it's split then. It's either Faith No More, which we just did. Um, was blown away by that. Had low expectations going in and really felt like, uh, to summarize it, it might be the purest version of the band. Um so really enjoyed that a lot. And probably Panorama by the Cars, just because it's such a an oddball. Uh, um, it's push stories of what the band could be more so than any other to- any other record. Mm. And sometimes working and other times failing pretty horrifically. <laughs> um, but uh, it is an interesting listen for a band that uh, – Unfortunately, won't uh, with Rico Kasich passing and uh, Ben Orr being gone for several years, we'll we'll never see new material from again. So yeah. it was a little bit, uh, you know, a good time to look back at and spend a little bit of time in the kind of dark corners of their career with it, that record. I agree with you there. I think the Faith No More and the Cars records are the two most interesting, in the sense that it's it gives you a like you said with Faith No More, it gives you a really interesting look at that band that would become much more polished with the real thing two years later. And then with Panorama, I mean, there are so many weird elements going into that production. It sounds like wire at sometimes or, or post punk from like gang of four. Like it's, it's just like a really, really interesting record that sticks out because it doesn't have a single on it the way that their debut is just front to back. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy record in terms of number of singles. And every album that they would put out after would have two or three big, huge hit singles on it through the 80s. So a oddball, but an interesting oddball. I also like the Junkyard record. I know you didn't sit, that didn't sit as well with you. Uh, but I liked that sort of... Junkyard? Sorry, well, by the birthday party. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Nick Cave, and I I like his sort of howling madness. And while it's a little too raw in some places, I I did like a lot of that record. And even though I'm a Neil Young fan, and there are some, and an ACDC fan, there are, there are good records there, but there's not great records, unfortunately, with with those two. So. But I'm looking forward to what we've got for 2019, or sorry, 2020. We got a lot of options 
that have been waiting to be dumped into a pole. Of course, lots of Australian stuff, since uh, <laughs> Gavin is a part of that crew. Cool. It'll be fun to see what they come up with. Yep. So now is a good chance to say uh, thank you to all of our patrons who have supported us throughout the year. We say it every week and we mean it every week. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without you because you keep the lights on and the and the uh, the archive up and free for everyone to check out. We look forward to interacting, doing more with the community in the coming year. As far as uh, we might, uh, you know, be introducing some some new things. We won't roll it out just yet, but Jay and I have had some discussions in the in the wee hours of the morning about what what, what else we want to do with uh, the Dig Me Out community. So. Um, but thank you everyone for supporting the podcast and yeah, yeah we're looking forward to 2020. It's going to be crazy. Going back through the, the, uh, the data from all the episodes we've done, the, what, what, uh, what episode number are we on? Um, let's see. Well, this, this is episode 468. Okay. And then we also have six or excuse me, seven eighties episodes. Gotcha. So 468 plus 7, let's say 470-something, almost 480 episodes. Uh, 343, for my best count, are just pure album reviews. So mm-hmm. you know, we've been able to devote at least a half an hour, sometimes much long, more, an hour plus, on 343 records that, you know, for the most part, have been lost <laughs> to, yep. to history. So uh the reason we keep doing that is because people keep listening and supporting us through patreon and uh really support the mission of continue to dig up this music and give it another chance to be heard in another conversation and um you know just continue to look back because sometimes i think you know your favorite record maybe isn't going to be released tomorrow it's been released you know 10 5 20 years ago so it's been a, it's been another fun year to be able to dig in and find some stuff. Absolutely. As always, you can join us at Patreon by going to digmeoutunion.com or dmounion.com. We've all sorts of tiers for all sorts of budgets. Join the community, support the union, vote in our polls, and uh, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us some positive feedback at iTunes. We're done for 2019. It's time to uh, drop the ball. No, wait a minute. That's not right. (laughs) No, we want to hold the ball. And uh, thank everyone for their support once again. And we'll see you in 2020. So for Jay, I'm Tim. And we're out. And we'll be back next year with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com. Oh,